we are yet again another Friday upon us, episode 34 of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. Good morning, everyone. I am Pooch of Repcord, and with me, my trusty sidekick, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. I'm energized after coming back from uh, this great tra trade show. We went to a trade show last week. We recorded our first live recording of Maker That Money with Clayton. Uh, Uncle, you guys know him as, may know him as uh, yeah. Uncle Jesse on all the socials and stuff. And we had a really, really great conversation last week about how to make money with 3D printing, which was perfect for this particular festival uh, about 3D printing. Rep rap specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you want, I just posted that. It should be up as we speak. And I finally got the backlog of the last three episodes. I'm terrible about this, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, posted as well. So we should be current as of now in terms of all the past episodes for anybody that wants to listen back on any of the major podcasting platforms or check us out on YouTube. Uh, as always, call to action, uh, like, subscribe, smash buttons, uh, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> smash any button, really. But the, the like and subscribe uh, helps us the most or ringy the little bell if you want to get notified. Uh, we, as I often say, we record every uh, just about every Friday at 9 a.m. We have some exceptions for when we're traveling and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, we enjoy having uh, people in the chat and, and as if... Uh, you know, just by divine providence, our, our chat has come alive and we have yep, there we go. <laughs> uh, some of our favorite people with us this morning. Uh, Liz, good morning. Hey, Liz, look, check this out. I got uh, Liz brought me some fine Canadian uh, ca uh, candies and other, you know, nice. things. So I've got I've got my coffee crisp along with my coffee in my Murph mug this morning. So I am nice. also energized from that. Uh, Alex, good to see you. Grant, 3D Musketeers. Did you happen to get, did you get scanned? Grant had one of the really nice high-tech, uh, the Artec Eva 3D scanners mm -hmm. and was scanning a bunch of people. And it is such a cool, I don't think I'd ever seen a 3D scanner of that caliber i saw before. i saw him doing it but no i did not get scanned <laughs> oh well no in a future thing you'll have to check it out i yeah. mean it was pretty impressive he was picking up detail you know like the emboss on the shirt like you could see the thickness mm -hmm. of the emboss it was really cool uh wow. joni good to see you she was at earth as well uh we've had her on before icon 3d labs love seeing you mm -hmm. never let the machine wins uh, never let the machines win mike greetings <laughs> llama Maker Viking, wow! It's we got a, a whole crowd, and I yeah. can sit here and greet you all all day. But uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about today on the pod. Today we're going to talk about minimum viable B business this time. So we've talked about minimum viable product before, mm -hmm. and yes. we thought maybe maybe we should go to the way 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 back and try to think back and and uh, to to pass pooch and pass andrew and think of all the things that we had to do just to get off the ground so for sure. those of you listening that you know are 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 thinking uh, it's time to dive in or maybe you haven't quite uh fully committed you know cuz some of this stuff you can kind of do after the fact you know there's mm -hmm. not a there, there are some legal requirements, which we'll get into, and then there's some like sure. nice-to-have stuff, and there's some specifics to your business and all that stuff, and we'll try to cover all of that. But before we do, we here like to uh, try to harness the good energy, block out the bad, harness the good <laughs> energy, block out the bad. We focus on the wins. Uh, oh, we yeah. want to start off with some wins, and uh, I would like you, Andrew, to tell me okay. about a win you had this week week okay well i think the uh the most recent big win that we got um we actually were talking with uh ups and they granted us um massively discounted rates for shipping so now hey. pretty much uh, yeah every product or every order now will ship via ups um you know from from our website which is fantastic uh you know usps uh you know united states postal service uh, for those, you know, that aren't in the, uh, you know, U.S. here, uh, has really kind of been the king of the discounted shipping rates, um, you know, the, first the class value, mail. The value sort of shipper. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, so uh, U UPS uh, uh, extended us kind of uh, this amazing deal, which in many cases beats all of those value shipping options offered by USPS. Um, 
So we're super excited to get to uh, to leverage that uh, moving forward. I think it's going to bring a lot of value to our customers just in general um, and also remove a lot of headaches. <laughs> that is you know? um, that is actually a really big deal, guys, because, you know, to get you UPS to take you seriously, like you have to have enough volume, you have to bend around. So it's kind of like a little like, a you know, mm -hmm. a, a, achievement unlocked uh, thing, right, to get them yeah. to actually negotiate. Uh, so, so that's fantastic. Uh, actually, I'm actually behind on that front and it's not for <laughs> lack of trying either. I'm a little bit frustrated with my local, uh, I've been trying to find out who my rep even is, uh, for, you know, Ooh. for a couple of times. So I'll keep, keep working on that, but we've been using the shipping system that's uh, native to, uh, the Shopify platform that we use. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, that's actually been a really, uh, great thing. I like the workflow, you know, it's not without its flaws, um, sure, but the downside of it is you're you're utilizing basically Shopify's account, so you're mm -hmm. you're enriching them by using mm -hmm. your volume to basically inflate what Shopify does. So Shopify gets hooked up with the discount, and you you know in turn they they say they pass that along. But I got to imagine. Uh, you know, they're going to mm -hmm. keep a portion of that for yourself. They're making a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and <laughs> while I think that's great when you're getting started, because compared to a retail rate, it's still, mm -hmm. you know, if you pay retail, if you go down to the UPS oh, store, it's, it's nuts, yeah. right? The cost of shipping mm -hmm. guys. Uh, uh, and, and this is, it can't be, it can't be overstated. If you're running a product based business online, like mm -hmm. how much, uh, to us, our, our shipping expense is the second largest expense to labor. Uh, yep. it, it, there is, um, it, and and obviously that makes a huge difference in your margin and your profitability to optimize. So you know, thinking about like even when you're just getting started and thinking about what kind of products you might want to sell and stuff, big bulky stuff mm -hmm. is always super expensive to ship. The psychological <laughs> effect of people wanting to pay for shipping versus offering free shipping and offering yep. free shipping if you have a big bulky thing that's expensive to ship is 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 harder to say hide within the price of the the item potentially mm -hmm. depends on what it is. But um, anyway, congrats to you on <laughs> achieving uh, uh, enough volume for UPS to take notice and. Um, if something to be aware of guys as i understand it those things are always negotiable too you know they they mm -hmm. have a lot of they leave a lot of room to negotiate with their high volume so it's a it's one of those yeah we talked about this in the divide um you know the rich get richer kind of phenomenon that like success rewards success you are given more discount mm -hmm. the more successful you are the more you ship right <laughs> Yep, that's so, exactly it. And it's like, <laughs> but I could use those discounts when I'm getting started, not necessarily yep. like once I've already got all the, you know, the the business. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, yep. no, that's, it, that's it gets it gets interesting to say the least. So, but yeah, we're we're super excited. It's it's been um you know uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I'll say that. So you know, again, it's like yeah. it, it, just keep working at it, and, and eventually you'll get there. <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely. And the other advantage of that is you can kind of start to pit the shippers against each other. Where you're like, well, I'm getting you know, like FedEx is going to call up, mm -hmm. be like, hey, hey, what, what's going on? You don't <laughs> use us anymore. I'm like, yeah, because UPS gives me this rate, and they go like, oh, well, let's see what we can do. You know, that's exactly all, that's exactly how it works. It's totally how it works. <laughs> And uh, no yep. shame, no shame in it, guys. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, what is it? A penny saved is a penny earned. Like, yeah. you know, like there's yeah. more than one. You don't have to sell more stuff necessarily. You know, optimizing what you're doing and focusing fire is a very, very mm -hmm. good strategy for you know getting in a better place. And and oftentimes once you've already done that and you've got systems for packaging and shipping and that, then it becomes easier to go wide. So I always mm -hmm. like to say, go deep and then go wide and we haven't really yep. gone into that that could be a good future topic as well good win um i don't have anything uh, that is like quite as good as that um i'm just gonna say <laughs> oh, i'm on. happy i'm happy that all my stuff made it back from earth uh undamaged which i was a little surprised about because of some of the the boxes that i had um uh taken as carry on or not carry on as a uh, checked luggage came back in really really bad shape and i'm like something Ooh. something is destroyed in here and uh the worst that happened was my coffee crisp all had kind of melted together uh but uh 
I've kind of been pulling it apart, and it's what they say. It's all the same to your stomach anyway. So (laughs) thank you again, Liz, for my coffee crisp. I love it. Plus all the other. Did you know there's all kinds of other interesting Canadian candy that we don't we don't have? They call Smarties. Smarties or chocolate, and they're you know, uh, their their Kit Kat tastes different. It's all you know. It's it's all crazy up there. It's all crazy. it, it, yeah, it's weird, and, and they're just like just just up north of us. Like, wh- why why do they have all of the special candy? Like, <laughs> well, because they're they're special. They're special. They're a land of special people. Um. All right. Let's uh let's uh, let's talk about the origin of today's topic for a moment. Uh, it was inspired, as many things are with me, from a, a tweet. Uh, and it's been a past rant of mine as well. And, and Llama is going to get picked on. He's in the chat, so he's going to get picked oh, on a boy. little here. But, <laughs> but he knows I love him. And he knows that uh, – uh, and, and just a shout-out to Tom Llama and his brothers who are starting up the, a, a shop. He is a very talented woodworker. Uh, he has sent us uh, some fantastic CNC routed clocks and signage and stuff like that, uh, and a nice combination of that and resin and stuff. So we wish him all the best as he launches his endeavor. But uh, the tweet I'm referring to is my comment earlier in the week where I said, I'm, I've said it before, I'll say it again. <laughs> if you email me soliciting my business for something, from a uh, a generic email domain at Gmail or whatever, and you're asking for something, you're going right in the bin. Like it, to me, you don't represent yourself. And, and 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 let me clarify too, because I think part of the the reason people got a little bit snippy mm-hmm. on it was because it wasn't the the application of this usage or what was happening. I don't think was completely clear. There are right. you'll, you'll notice that as you get your business out there and you have a presence and stuff like that, you're going to start to get cold calls, emails, solicitations all the so time. So many of them. <laughs> all the time for everything, right? And uh, a lot of them are individuals that are representing to be, you know, working for an agency or uh, mm-hmm. they're basically trying to say like, hey, I want to provide this service. Like let's just say uh, SEO optimization. You get that all the time, right, Andrew? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if exactly. you get enough for that all the time. I do. Um, and it's, uh, it's so surprising to me that Mm -hmm. there are people that are like, Hey, you know, will you check out our service? Like, when can we, can we get together this weekend on a call and we can go over what we can do? And it's like from Mike seven, four, four, two at gmail.com. And I'm like, yeah, but then the signature says such and such agency or whatever. And to Mm -hmm. me, I look at that as the equivalent of like, showing up to the office uh, as a sales call in jeans and a t-shirt like yes you could do business and maybe some people don't have a problem with it but if you want to get taken seriously you Mm -hmm. need to convey a degree of professionalism and to me (laughs) i feel that and, and and this could be because i am i am biased i have a background in web development i know that it's not a terribly difficult thing to do to set up an email, a cut with your own business domain, right? You're one of the first sure. things anybody that's doing business this day, it probably is the first thing that a lot of people do is register a domain, right? Because yep. you need it for your website. You need it for your, you don't need it. Like mm-hmm. you could, there are businesses that just do sales on social media. Sure. Right. But again, it's what are you trying to project? What, who are you trying to be? What is the state of this business? And if you're fine, if you just want to be a little side hustle, make a little money on the side, all of that stuff, that's fine. But if you're trying to represent yourself as a company, sure, I think you got to go a little further. That And that's, th- yeah. again, this is my opinion. You feel free to disagree. <laughs> I completely understand that when you have limited resources, you have to make decisions on this stuff. And so when I was saying I was going to pick on Llama, his point is well taken. He is not reaching out to people at the moment and saying, hey, would you like to use our services? You know, he has a product-based mm-hmm. business. It is not mission critical to the operation of his business. So that tweet wasn't necessarily for him and his style of business. Sure. That said, I would still look at it as as – maybe a year one or a a, begin, a starting thing. I don't think it's ever a bad thing to, you've already set, you've already reserved the domain and all this stuff. And 
the mm-hmm. while he's absolutely right that there are a lot of companies out there, like I think he said he was using Squarespace or something like that, that will try to add on the cost of like, oh, and we'll handle your email for you and stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of times like an upsell where they'll mark a lot of that stuff up. Like you sure. can get your own domain very inexpensively using different systems and stuff. Now, whether you want, want to spend the time and energy to do that, obviously is up to you. But mm-hmm. I'm talking, and, and 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 like I said, I, I think there, you're you're free to disagree. What is your opinion of this particular topic? And then we'll go into some of the nitty gritty about some of the other things that we sure. think we need. Well, so so for product based business, uh, you know, if you're going to be selling anything, you know, you're you're going to need a domain name. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, you know, like this day and age, everyone's using e-commerce pretty much. Um, sure, you might be selling on, you know, let, let's say an Etsy store or, you know, maybe it's eBay or whatever. Yeah, you could probably get away with not requiring a domain name and maybe getting away with like a Gmail or Yahoo or something like that. But I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, when it comes to if you're doing customer outreach, if you're trying to drum up business for your business, uh, you know, it, it really it sets it apart saying, OK, hey, you know, I'm just doing this or maybe I'm just getting started versus, OK, I'm taking this serious. Um, yeah. Yeah. Y- y- yeah. Even, I-, I completely agree. <laughs> but here's the thing. Even if you're not reaching out at some point, you're going to need to put a customer. Ser- maybe you don't have a customer service email to start, but th- th- you're not going to get very far without having a requirement of having an email address for your business. Right. Mm-hmm. And why not yeah. just start on the right foot? Now, again, let's, if you want to get into the nitty gritty, like it, it can be as cheap as like, what's, what's the domain registration running these days? Uh, you know, t- like 10, 10 12 dollars. I mean, we- a, a, a year, and then, yeah, and then what not maybe that's not including the mail service and stuff like that. So it's just mm-hmm. t- taking the time to, to, to set that up because people are going to want to reach out to you sometimes. So mm-hmm. if you want to give a like support at uh, Llama Makes or whatever, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot yeah. again, Tom, but uh, at, at support at repcord.com, like you're going to get taken a lot more seriously if it's not support, uh, repcord support at hotmail.com or whatever yeah. you know that just seems a little i don't know is it tacky guys tell me in the chat tell me what you think <laughs> I, I i'm not I, i'm really not trying to be judgy of people. yeah i sure. just i think this is something that sometimes people need to hear um and i, I i've had conversations with other people in the past and they've been appreciative because they just didn't think about mm-hmm. it you've got a million things flying at you when you're starting a business and a lot of people don't yeah. have the same expertise in how to do a lot of these things. I understand that. I think, I think again, it really comes down to looking at what you're doing though. Um, you know, it maybe if you're doing this business as a hobby where uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a lifestyle business where you're not really trying to grow this or, or whatever uh, say for instance, you're a woodworker and you make cutting boards and maybe you sell one a month or something like that. I don't think you would need to go and and get a domain name or an email, you know, for something like that. But if you were a service-based business where, you know, you're selling insurance or or something of that nature, then yeah, it, you know, like I, I bring that up because we had someone who was trying to start, you know, a, a local like insurance agency reach out to us from a Gmail. And it's like, dude, I don't trust you. Like, right. you know, right. you, you, you don't have a website that I can go to. Like, yeah, I understand you resell like the big name, you know, you know like in, you know, insurances, but also at the same time, it's like, how do I know you're legit? You know, well, you and even if they are guy. legit, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if somebody <clears throat> shows up there and they're just like in a stained t-shirt and all that stuff, like you're not going to feel great about <laughs> doing business with it. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But like, yeah. I, I think I'm not alone in the sense that, you know, yeah. people are evaluating who they're dealing with. Right. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a professionalism thing. Yeah. I, we could probably debate this, you know, to the ends of the earth. Um, I, I think there's other things though, that are like that as well. And a lot of times when you're first getting started, you don't know what you don't even know. So it's like, I think you're, you're allowed 
some leeway for a period of time if you're getting started, or at least you know people that are kind are, are willing uh, to do sure. that. Some are just much more. I, I mean, and the truth is, you 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 may never get a response. So if you feel like you're reaching out or you whatever, and you're not getting the response, like you need to stop and look at what your process is. What's going on? Why maybe are people you know uh, doing mm-hmm. that? It's hard enough as it is, even with a legitimate domain name and stuff like doing outreach, cold calling. I don't know that that's a great strategy. In general, I guess it depends on your business and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. obviously, you know, it um, it must work for some people, or they I, I would cease to do it. I I, I, I don't know about that mm-hmm. argument because telemarketing used to be huge, and like with the advent of you know blockers and everybody just not answering their phone anymore and stuff like that. Like over time, it'll probably yep. die out as as people are more. Um, strict about cultivating their unsubscribes and all that stuff. Like maybe these sure. email cold calls won't happen, but it's a pretty low hanging fruit in terms of a shotgun approach, right? Like you can mm-hmm. tell when it's coming from an email list and just blasting out to everybody in the hopes that, you know, it's a numbers game. You can get somebody to respond, but there's a big difference between that and the personal email that is just from one individual. Right. Sure. Anyway, let's talk about some <laughs> other, uh, basically go back to the beginning of Gloop, go to the beginning of any of your ventures, uh, and okay. think about like, what were the first things you had to do? Like, let's, let's talk actionable items for people that want to get started. What do you need as a minimum viable business? Sure. Well, so I think it, I think you really need to ask yourself again, what is it that you're going to be doing? Um, both of my businesses, uh, the, the one before Gloop and Gloop, you know, I, I knew we're going to be product businesses that we're going to sell, you know, like things to people. And with that, there was going to be potential liabilities. And so thinking through these things, I needed to separate the liability from, you know, the business versus the liability to myself. And right. with that comes setting up some form of legal entity. Correct. Um, in many states uh, here in the United States, you don't have to do any of that. Uh, there are a few states where you have to register like, oh, I'm going to be a sole proprietor or, or something of that nature. But a lot of them, you can literally stand up a business and just start selling stuff. Um, and, and I think it's important to really ask yourself, what is it that you're trying to do? Um, you know, if it's, if it's something where you're selling, you know, like car parts or, or whatever, like on eBay that you have, or, you know, whatever it might be, you go thrifting and and you find something that's more valuable than what you paid for it and you resell it. Um, you know, you could ask yourself, it's like, okay, is this going to be a long-term viable business or is it going to be something that, you know, I'm just kind of doing on the side. Right. 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 (laughs) You know? I think the first thing though is 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 really is that. And then the second thing would be okay, set up the legal entity. Um determine whether it's an LLC, an incorporated company, you know, mm-hmm. w- what you're going to do. Um and you know that that's a daunting process sometimes. Um you know sure. there's certainly like websites out there that help you. You know, you go to like LegalZoom or whatever and you can sure. you know file like an LLC really quickly. Um, but a lot of times, if you just do a little bit of research, I think you can you can s- really figure out how do you set up a business pretty quickly, right? Um, and and Google is your friend here, guys. And uh, honestly, like my my first thing I would say to anybody that's looking to get started is uh, be prepared to read and research and be a student of this whole thing because you're gonna learn. There's a lot of the stuff that's out there. It just isn't, you know. You, you, there are resources. Uh, out mm-hmm. there, but what's good for the goose ain't good for the gander, depending on what kind of business you're, you know, in. Uh, and so, like you say, like there, and there's costs associated with everything. So mm-hmm. the 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 minimum setup, like in in your state, may even have different legal, you know, requirements. Mm-hmm. Like you could actually, a lot of people do just start like go on to eBay and just start selling mm-hmm. stuff there as yeah, Andrew Mayhall. Uh, and yep. as as could I. That that's not to say that at some point, if it grows to some level of success, that you're not going to potentially get in trouble for not having 
some kind of entity. At the, but at the very least, you're known as what's called a sole proprietor. If it's just you doing mm-hmm. stuff under your own name and come tax time in the U.S., I don't know how it is in other countries, you would yep. basically report that as income on your personal tax form using your social security number. Yep. Yep. That is like probably the minimum... <laughs> yeah business that's really it right yeah it is is you are doing Mm -hmm. business as yourself now the next step up might be what i was just saying dba where you can actually Mm -hmm. get a fictitious business name Mm -hmm. and it can be anything that you want you may have heard this Mm -hmm. before guys and apologies if this is overly patronizing to some but we we're, we're we're starting at the beginning here uh, doing business as is is a fictitious business name, and I know in the state of California that just requires you pick a name, uh, you um, register, I believe, with the local county. It's been a while since I've mm-hmm. done a DBA, uh, and they require that you post it in the newspaper saying, we're going to do business as this, and it gives people a period of time. Like anybody reads the newspaper anymore, yep. but whatever. It keeps the newspapers <laughs> in business still. Um and uh, supposedly that allows anybody to basically see it out there and then complain if it's too similar to what their thing is. Mm-hmm. And once that's approved, you can take that over to the bank. So, and and yep. because what you will need is some kind of bank account and some ability to move money, right? So, yeah, ideally you're not doing this with your within your personal finance. Like that's when you when you yes. start to get to a pro <laughs> level. You know, you really <laughs> want to start separating the business expenses out from the personal expenses for the reasons that you mentioned earlier, the legal liability. Mm-hmm. Of it. If you get sued yep. as a mm-hmm. business owner and it is you are one in the same with your that means everything that you own prior mm-hmm. to the business is up for grabs. Is up for yeah. grabs. Like if you get sued, they can take your house if you have a house or your car or whatever, mm-hmm. like garnish your wages. If yep. you set up a legal entity uh, uh, that create that creates a layer of insulation, so that the worst thing that happens theoretically is that the company itself goes bankrupt, uh, or it's yep. the, only the company's assets are subject to collections. Yep. Should it ever the worst, you know, happen? Yeah, yeah. Highly, you know, highly recommend that separation, guys. <laughs> like even even yes. if you don't think you're necessarily going to be that big, it's not that much more difficult to lay Mm -hmm. like those things on. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, yeah, you know, I I think, I think it, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of glossing over a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things here, but um, one of the, the, one of the things I'd like to touch on is, is really, again, following the concepts of minimum viable product to build out your minimum viable business in that, you know, if you're just getting started, we're assuming you have some sort of idea, some sort of service that you're going to be offering, some sort of product you're going to be selling. But there's nothing wrong in doing some early tests where you don't go and set up that business. You don't have that domain name. You don't have, you know, where where you're just trying to see, you know, if if you can come up with this this product or solution or service and and test to, to you know, see how it works. Um, you know, I think that there are many avenues available. So, you know, registering as a sole proprietor, even though you don't have the separation of liability, if it's something where, again, you're a woodworker and you're building cabinets, uh, you know, for like, you know, a local town or, or, you know, like in your local area, maybe that's a good option just to see like, oh, hey, maybe, maybe I can create a business out of this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I, I think there's a lot of things where people get overwhelmed really quickly. Yeah, uh, certainly. So maybe it taking is, a step back. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You step know, back, and just doing plan. what that minimum, that minimum viable, you know, requirements are like, you know, set up your bank account, you know, it, maybe it's just registered in your name. Maybe it's a DBA. Um, I think that that's acceptable. Uh, at some point, I think you ha- also have to go in with the mindset that I need to change this relatively quickly if it starts getting traction. Yes. Um, so let's you let's know. let's step back even further. Let's or let's at least disclaim that mm-hmm. there are and now there, there are a couple legal things to be aware of. That and it, this mm-hmm. is going to depend on your locality, guys. But like, mm-hmm. it, sometimes if you're operating, if you live within city limits, even if you're working out of your garage, you may be legally required to have a business permit where you yep. are. 
And mm -hmm. which isn't to say that people don't do this and don't get the business part permit and <laughs> and are, are fine and, and whatnot. Uh, but eventually, if you get caught not having a permit, you can be fined and all that stuff. So there are there are things. And if it's mm -hmm. not your if you're in an unincorporated county, there may be requirements for your county. The county I live in doesn't require a business license for a home based business. Some do. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually mm -hmm. it's a pretty nominal fee. Uh, when we moved to the shop, the, um, the county that the shop, they're, they're different counties, uh, as in does require a, a business permit. And it was to the tune of 120 bucks for the first, for the registration and then a $20 annual renewal yep. fee. So it's a, it's an income earner for the, the county in this, in this case. Uh, it, it really just gives you a little piece of paper that you're required to post in a, Yep. conspicuous area that just says you're allowed to operate a business here. Um, <laughs> that may be a baseline requirement. Joni in the chat mentions like you absolutely should have a separate bank account regardless of your entity. I completely mm -hmm. agree. Like, yes. but <laughs> as with much of this stuff, there is no requirement. You could do all, all this stuff. And like Andrew's saying, like sometimes mm -hmm. the better play is to get started and just convince, see if there's something there because most of these things you can change later with with pretty minimal effort. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. can decide to be a sole proprietor and then switch to a LLC or an S corp or a you know C corp and there's mm -hmm. there's kind of some distinctions to how those things work and what what that ends up meaning. But mm -hmm. never hurts to do your research and and all that stuff and at least have a plan in the back of your sure. Mind. But like you're saying, mm -hmm. prove out the business model first prove to yourself that there is that this thing has legs and stuff like that and then let's layer on like mm -hmm. don't worry about the things that you don't need right away right yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so binning those things is a challenge sometimes like is this a, a right now thing or is this mm -hmm. a like a one to two month thing or is this a like next year thing sure <laughs> you know i i mean it's it's interesting because it, you know, again, I think it really all comes back down to what is it that you were trying to do? If you start answering that question, and I think that gives you kind of the roadmap of, of what steps I, you should take to actually make that minimum viable business. Yeah. Um, you know, again, like you're a woodworker, you're selling things, you know, maybe at a craft show or something. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to have that professional domain name maybe you don't have to have an email you're just handing out business cards at your farmer's market or whatever it has your personal cell phone number it has you, you know again a, a, right. a gmail domain name right like that's probably sufficient it just it comes down to exactly what you're doing i think is, is ultimately what we're saying yeah and play a little chess here like think about like yeah you can start by using your cell phone number uh and mm -hmm. and maybe then you get some cards printed and all that stuff and then you realize like oh you know what i don't really don't want my cell phone number uh mm -hmm. now i gotta go print some <laughs> new business cards so same thing with you know i don't want my personal address on there so you know give yep. some thought to what you know information you're sharing publicly and how easy that is to change uh if you need mm -hmm. to down the road. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, that what we're talking about, a lot of what we're going to talk about today is what we would consider maybe best practice, but not necessarily mm -hmm. required. And, and if we sure. do identify things that are, are required, um, and maybe then, then there's the, the, the category is like strongly, strongly recommend, you know, doing this. <laughs> uh, I feel like that email, that domain, like that falls into yeah. that. I very strongly recommend that as, as a yeah. minimum, you know, thing, but it is not technically the minimum. You do not have to have a domain to do business. You do not have to have mm -hmm. a separate bank account. You don't have mm -hmm. to have QuickBooks. Should you? Yeah. Or, not, not QuickBooks, but some kind of bookkeeping software. Sh should you? Probably, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know. So talk about more of those things. So let's talk about more best practice stuff in terms of like, okay, minimum viable is literally, it's maybe it's a business permit. And, mm -hmm. and beyond that, it's like an idea and the time and the mm -hmm. execution and a literally a bank account to put stuff in and then probably sure. a, an ability to obviously spend money. So you need a credit card or a debit card mm -hmm. or something, if you're not going to want to write yeah. cash, you know, checks and stuff <laughs> Technically, you could pay cash for everything, I suppose. It's just, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, if, you, yeah and if you guys think of something in the chat, if there's something, what am I missing that you minimum have, have to have, <laughs> uh, let me know. But, but now let's go on to best practice stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, okay, we really recommend doing this. Yeah. Well, you know, again, let's assume here that you, you have an idea or you have a business that, that, that you're starting and that you have at least some traction. So that means that you're going to have some money coming in. So yes, best practice being that you have that separate bank account uh, so that, you know, the money that you're making goes in there. Uh, the next thing that, you know, personally, I would look at, um, you know, it, in terms of just operational uh, nature of the business would be some way of tracking that. Yes, you can use Excel. Uh, you know, we at Gloop used Excel for almost the first whole year that we were in business instead of using like a QuickBooks or, or something else. Even but cheaper I'll than Excel that- would be Google Sheets. So there's not yeah. there's a lot of these things are free, guys. I mean, free mm-hmm. being relative, right? If you don't count Google taking mm-hmm. all your info is a cost, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but a spreadsheet. Sure. Yeah. It's a spreadsheet for tracking your expenditures, uh, categorizing your expenses, uh, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, again, we're assuming you have an operational business where you're going to be able to make money and spend that money that you're bringing in. Uh, the next thing, you know, probably, you know, is, is that, uh, it, you should, it, depending on the type of business, um, you know, potentially start looking for how do you how do you scale this to, you know, maybe move out of your house or move into a professional space. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's kind of funny because here four and a half years in, I still operate Gloop out of my personal house. And, sure. <laughs> you know, it, it's something that, you know, we we have, you know made work but it's not ideal um and so i think again looking at what type of business you have looking at uh you know kind of planning for your own success we've talked about that a little bit in the past where do you see yourself and how can you make the leaps or the jumps from one phase to the next um you you know again it, it really depends on the business that you're in and what you're doing but uh you know, the, again, these are all very just generic, <laughs> you know, right. and, and, and there are those things that again, like help you, um, be taken more seriously as a business. Like I know mm-hmm. it is frustrating for a lot of, there, there are a lot of people that, that run their entire business out of their house and it's totally fine. Uh, mm-hmm. because they, they're not public facing. Usually they're sort of like, I was a web developer for, you know, over 15 years and I, I was operating in my home office. I didn't need a place for people to come visit and all that stuff. And that, that's fine. You can be very mm-hmm. successful with that. So it depends on what you're yep. trying to do. But if you, uh, are getting to a point where you, um, like I said, want to get to the next level, like obviously mm-hmm. being able to hire, if you need help, Exactly. You can't mm-hmm. really, I mean, you, you can, but you can, but it's not, not ideal. a good exactly. idea to have employees coming to your house. Uh, and so mm-hmm. there's the, the things that are needed. And then at the same, by the same token, um, when you're trying to pitch other, you know, companies like having an, a dedicated facility and address where people can visit and all that stuff just puts you at another mm-hmm. level psychologically and is going to make bigger companies more comfortable with the idea of working mm-hmm. with you because let's be honest when you're making that evaluation you're sometimes thinking like what are the odds that this guy is going to be around in a year and exactly and there there's a lot more likeliness of somebody that's in their house to be able to just fold up shop and not be around versus mm-hmm. you know so, so again there's a it's i think a lot of people think oh that's just vanity or whatever it's it's not though it's it's presenting mm-hmm. oh no there's there's a real there's a real value add there of having a professional space and and you know listen guys if you if you feel that you need to get there but you can't afford that there are plenty of like co-working spaces that you can sign up for where sure. you know it's it's where you and we did this where you can have a meeting room where if you need to take a meeting with a potential client or you know right. talk and and start you know like having some negotiations or or just a nice place to work in you could leverage those you know those services um you know without taking on the whole you know, like the requirements and the liability and, you know, just the, the burden of an office space, um, sure. you know, but like for us, you know, like we are, we are well past the area where we need to hire people. And again, it's not something where we've been able to just bring on, you know, people and say, Oh, Hey, yeah, you know, come to my house and work in my house. It, it doesn't work that way. You know? So like, yeah. that's one of those things where we held on for too long because again, bootstrapping, 
you know, keeping the costs low, that's where we were, what we were prioritizing. But now, you know, as we, as we start to transition, that value add is going to be, again, planning for our own success here, allowing us to bring on new products, allowing us to potentially, you know, expand our operations mm -hmm. and, and just grow in general. So, you know, there, it's not a vanity play. Um, yeah. It might be a little bit in some cases, but in many cases, it's there's a utility there, right? <laughs> well, certainly, um, and and with all things, especially as a you know coming from the maker world, you know we we try to hack things together and do things affordably mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And there are very creative ways, like you said, around this that don't require a large. Uh, capital expense or influx of you know cash and stuff like that. So you you can operate, but at some point you're going to start to get in your own way, and you need to be aware of that and identify that and um, pivot. Like I I've said for like we we have stuff stacked to the rafters. I would love to be in a bigger space, but like, when we talked mm -hmm. about the divide and stuff, like going from the rent I'm at now to the next biggest space is not sure. just you know. I can't just double my square footage and double the, it's, it's literally like five to 10 X or more because now I have to, I have to redo the tenant improvements of a new place. And, and we have downtime mm -hmm. as we move everything. And so, you know, the, the bigger you become, the more difficult it is to maneuver when the flywheel is already turning, you know? So, mm -hmm. So that's why we try to say, you know, spend as much time planning ahead, giving yourself a little extra runway when you can. But there there are going to be limitations, and sometimes you have to be patient. A lot of my frustrations yep. circle around from me just wanting to continually try to punch above my weight and not being realistic <laughs> about where we are and what resources we have. Because it's at the end of the day, it's pie for us, right? Like, I don't have an mm -hmm. infinite amount of money. There's only – the pie is only so big. And if I'm using, you know, this much money for – paying for services mm -hmm. and rent and all the other stuff, I don't have it available to, you know, grow other things. And it's not always clear which lever is going to, you know, grow the, grow the pie, uh, uh, quickest and stuff like that. And it's, it's, yep. a, it's a frustrating challenge a lot of the time, <laughs> but that's a bit of a digression from the rat, you know? So it's like, you can yeah. spend a lot of time right now planning, doing all these things, setting up things the way that you want them to be. And you can bankrupt yourself before you even, you know, prove out that you're going to sell and, you know, make this stuff. That's that's kind of the VC fallacy that I think it's not a fallacy, but it's like mm -hmm. the pitfall that a lot of them encounter. Right. Yeah. We're going to get all this. We have a great idea and we're going to raise a bunch of money on this idea. And and mm -hmm. all, everything is, you know, um, uh, <laughs> basically built around the concept that this is going to succeed. And then when it doesn't, it all yep. comes toppling down because you spent the money before you proved that you had the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why yeah. we're big fans of bootstrapping because it's a more sustainable way of growth. Now that's not to say you can't be successful with VC, but look at the numbers, look at the per percentages. Yep. What are the percentages of VC funded things that are successful? I don't know, yeah. but the latest is I, I don't know off the top of my head industry, but it's, yeah. but it's low, right? Like, aren't, aren't VCs yeah. saying if they get like one in thirty exits or one in twenty exits, they're yeah. happy? Yeah, it's successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the expectation, even by the investor, is that maybe yeah. one in twenty. I don't know. You tell me yeah. if you guys have some up, more up to date <laughs> stats in the chat. But, but you know, yeah. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to some of the other things that I would consider possibly best practices or maybe in ca cases a requirement, um, you know, and, and it's crazy. It's so crazy that I'm going to say this now because there was a younger me would scream and yell and say, no, that's not a requirement. But I'd say a business plan. Um, it sounds a little silly, maybe archaic, but in many cases, going through the process of writing things down, saying, hey, this is what I'm doing with my business. This is where I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to make money. This is my competition. Mm -hmm. It is invaluable because it allows you to like, you know, articulate these, these, you know, directions or see your business from a different level or a different perspective than, sure. you know, you're actually are in the thick of it operating it. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, we actually built a business plan about two and a half, three years into the operation of our business. Beforehand, we never built any business plan. Right. And when we went through that process, we realized there were so many different 
you know, like avenues that we could actually, you know, different verticals, different, you know, areas that we could scale. And, and also where we realized where we're falling short on, um, you, you know, and, and things that we needed to focus in. And it yeah. was like, wow, this is, this is actually really valuable. And beforehand, you know, I would tell you that, oh, you know, just get to work, just get into it. And, and while that, that is, I think really valuable, I think there does, you know, it, there is a little bit of, of truth to taking a step back and seeing about creating some sort of plan where you can at least build to that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I would throw a couple more guideposts on that because I think the business sure. plan and Tony's commenting in the chat, shots fired business plan, because <laughs> it's, it's like this ominous thing that I think as a business owner, a lot of people are like, I don't want to do a business plan. like Because <laughs> traditional business plans, if you looked at them, guys, can be like 40 pages and blah 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 like it doesn't need to be that like i th i mm -hmm. would say we should qualify like a one sheet business plan like, sure something that is just an achievable summary an executive <laughs> summary but but you can call it a business plan call it what you want but like just that you sat down and you mm -hmm. tried to outline just the the main thing and honestly i think there should be the day one, like, because let's, let's be honest, like, even if you were just, just define it with like, spend one hour mm -hmm. doing no more than one page of mm -hmm. just writing out, you know, who, what are you doing? How are you going to make money? Who's your competition? Maybe strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, that kind of thing. You know, I love SWOT analyses. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, it doesn't have to have pretty graphs. It doesn't have to be something that you're necessarily putting in a pitch deck. Okay. Sure. But but that just starting, just defining something, and mm -hmm. and and taking going through the thought exercise, it, you're gonna be so much further ahead than so many people already. Mm -hmm. And then and then and then start doing what you're talking about, right? Like, so let's just say yeah. one hour, one page start, and the, let's see. And then and then can you start? Are you, are you earning some money? Are you like okay, one mm -hmm. maybe one month in, mm -hmm. do it again, one one do hour it again. Exactly. One hour. Maybe it's a re revision or maybe it's a write afresh, but it's like one hour, no more than one page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think of yeah, this process? I love that idea. And then, and then is it one month and one year? I, I don't know. Or one quarter or one year. I don't think mm -hmm. you have to do it that often necessarily. It depends on what you're doing and how much. How sure. But I think you're going to be surprised how much changes because there's all the stuff that you think you know off the mm -hmm. off the top and then the reality sets in and it, it mm -hmm. I really i would say until you see it through the seasons and get mm -hmm. a, a year under your belt and understand the cyclical nature of demand in your in your um industry uh mm -hmm. you're you're not gonna have i mean even one year is not really a lot of data in the big big scheme of things it's not you can't mm -hmm. really start drawing trend until you've done that because the truth is if you're doing it right you're 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 kind of moving along a growth path hopefully that you know it'll yeah. it'll look maybe flat or linear to start but the the thing is is that really most businesses are going to start to hockey stick at some point and it's really hard to tell when you're on the plot where yep. where on the plot you are and so when you're trying to forecast like forecasting is still a challenge for us you know six mm -hmm. years in um yeah because products move differently demand changes and all that stuff so that's why i say yeah. i wouldn't invest a ton of time trying to oh yeah sure play too many moves mm -hmm. down the board right mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was really, you know, mainly um, like for us, again, when we looked at the business plan, it was, it, it was kind of looking back and then also trying to look forward and it, it was eye opening. And I think it really, for, for a moment there, it really helped us plan and strategize of where the next move was, you right. know, because Gloop, we, we've been around for about four, four and a half years now. And, you know, things have been, you know, growing at a, you know, pretty linear rate, but until this year where things started to hockey stick yep. and, you know, it was like, okay, well, Hey, now, like it also just happened to coincide with us actually doing a business plan or maybe it was like, well, we started figuring it out. We're like, maybe we should double down on this. Maybe we should stop doing this. And, right. you know, we made some changes after that business plan. And I, I think it all goes into it, you know, sure. but, uh, 
you know, absolutely. I think it's it's one of those things that you should at least put some thought into. <laughs> no, I agree. So I agree. And I, I think trying to make it digestible and less ominous to people is probably well worthwhile mm-hmm. too. So like I said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Joni mentioned she she handed me a thing at Earth that was a and I don't think I showed it to you yet. Um and in fact I would love to I'd mention this uh, to her. Uh, we should get like a little Google Docs uh, folder together okay. of resources, but it was um, something that she uses in her CPA job of when when people are approaching to start a business, basically a list of uh, it was maybe twenty questions, maybe less, uh, and and she's saying like that qualifies as a business plan if you answer all the questions. Sure, yeah, maybe sometimes, it's, yeah. and there's probably a ton of resources like that online. Um, and if you guys have mm-hmm. some favorites or whatever that you've used in the past, let us know, and I'm happy to compile and we'll put them up somewhere and we'll add a link. So, uh, I, I I think you know sharing resources is kind of part of the whole reason we started doing this uh and moving mm-hmm. from verbal to you know some actual tangible stuff is is never a bad thing um Joni was sure. gracious enough to share what she has and said we can share it with everybody else uh and in a future one what i'll do i don't have it in front of me right now but uh i'll pull it out <laughs> and uh um we can actually go through some of those those questions but it was a really That'd good questionnaire awesome. and it, and it was just you know like i said just something to get you thinking get the wheels turning mm-hmm. about the stuff that you may not have given consideration to Sure. A business plan is a yeah. fantastic one. Minimum viable business, a plan. Yep. Right? Uh, whether yep. it's spelled out explicitly or whatever, but you got to have a plan. Got to have a plan. Yep. What yep. other things? What about a phone number in this day and age, Andrew? What mm. do you think about that? Yeah. Is that so, required? So that's an interesting one. <laughs> you know, so so in many cases, uh, you could probably get away with doing, you know, all of your communications electronically, maybe getting on Google meets or, you know, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, Microsoft teams, whatever flavor you like zoom. But, uh, when it comes down to, you know, picking up the phone and calling someone, you could probably get away with using your cell phone number unless you're in a very particular type of business. Um, this was something that we learned and we learned very quickly, very early on that we actually, because we, we shipped, dangerous goods have to have a registered business phone number that has 24 by seven, you know, monitoring to it, like that we pick Mm -hmm. up and we answer, Um, you know, and that was one of those really weird things. It was like, well, wait, that's not a normal requirement for normal businesses, but it's something the department of transportation requires. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. So when Exactly. So when we ship a hazmat, uh, when we ship a has, uh, you know, a, a product that's classified as a dangerous good. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have to fill out the, the we call it the candy stripe papers. Uh, and we ship that we have to supply a phone number that has 24 by seven access to it. Okay. And so that's like a service that we pay for, uh, you know, because uh, I don't want to stay up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Ah, <laughs> so you actually have a you have a call service then that, that mm-hmm. uh, answers that. Interesting. And yeah, what, they're so, going to come so to your we, house in the middle of the night if they have to. Yeah, so so how it works is is that uh, you have to have a phone number so that if if for instance there's a transportation emergency, they can call that phone number and figure out information related to that shipment. So how it works for us is is we pay um, you know a call service and we end up filing the shipment. We tell the call service, we just send the shipment invoice to them, and then we send along the material safety data sheet uh, and, you know, like some other generic information so that that way, if anyone calls about it, they can ask about the shipment and boom, there it is. They have all of the information available to them. And it's just in like a little folder that we, you know, we upload, but yeah, now, it's that's now, a requirement for our business. That's something I didn't. You mentioned something I didn't realize before. But are, are you required to send the MSDS with every shipment for your what is being so, shipped in hazmat when it's hazmat? So when yes, yeah, so when it's when it's over a what it depends on the where it's going and it depends on the quantity. So mm. many cases like our shipments, you know, here in the U.S. or even you know a lot of international, they fall under accepted quantities. So that I means see. that the rules are a little different. We don't have to, you know, have those numbers. We don't have to have the candy stripe documents. We don't have to have a lot of a lot of stuff because it's under accepted quantities. But right. once it goes above accepted quantities, that's where 
those regulations kick in. So yeah, we have to print out SDSs. We have to, you know, have them, you know, basically electronically filed, you know, all, all, a bunch of like really annoying regulatory stuff. <laughs> but, you're, but you're right. You have to obviously know your business and know what's required. So that's interesting. So phone number, uh, Gr Grant mm -hmm. mentions in the chat, Google voice, we use Google voice. Uh, I don't want to yeah. give out my personal cell number, but I have no problem <laughs> giving out a, uh, a Google voice number that can in turn forward to me or be monitored mm -hmm. on the website. So that's a fantastic tool. Um, free for personal use, paid if you have it part of your business subscription if you're doing that. But there's, uh, yeah, uh, that's a great tool. Um, and what's funny is you're always going to cut, usually it's the, the older customer crowd, but that's mm -hmm. big beef that a lot of that older crowd has. Like, there's no number for me to call. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to talk to you, man. Like, <laughs> like that's a, no. I mean, it it's it sounds well, it sounds funny, but it's just like there, and that's just a difference in time and opinion. It's like I don't believe that there's mm -hmm. not service that I can't provide just as good via email mm -hmm. or chat. But yeah. that feels very impersonal to a lot of people who just want to get it done. But I can't, I'm a small business. I can't afford to have my day disrupted by phone calls. And so I need mm -hmm. an ability to not just cue it, but then have a written record of what's being said in the same way. Yeah. And so there's yeah. a reason that a lot of companies obviously do that. And I'm sorry that it's not your preferred communication method, but that doesn't work for me. And I think that's fair. Now, you yeah. guys may tell me you feel otherwise <laughs> in the chat. Uh, again, a lot of opinions here. But uh, yeah. you will you will inevitably if you do this long enough you'll get somebody bitching about the fact that you should have a phone number that they yeah. can call. Um, yeah, and and we have we actually have several different phone numbers. Like for instance, um, so we're not retail yet, but you know, glute products are going to be retail soon, and in many cases, um, going through the uh, the contract process. A lot of retailers require contact customer support methods. So like when they're selling products to customers, they want to make for sure that the brands that they're selling in their retail locations at least have some ability for customers to reach out and get customer support on this particular product. And, you know, for, for chemical products, there are some regulations like we actually will have to have as we move to retail, um, you know, a physical mailing address that that, you know, they can mail the product back to or, or you know, like well, they can contact my, or send, you know, and then we, yeah, the mailing address. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Yeah. And then we also have to have a phone number, um, you know, like a lot of these retail locations are requiring us to have a customer, you know, yeah. facing customer service, yeah. you know, phone number, which, yeah. you know, is a whole different thing. And like with that, a lot of times you follow in the footsteps of most of these other ones where you get the 1-800 numbers or, you know, where you, you can spell out, you know, 1-800-3D gloop or, or whatever it might be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's one of those things that we, we knew going into this, that we, our product was going to be retail at some point provided that, you know, we played our cards right and everything grew the way that we wanted to. So we invested in a lot of that earlier on because it was like, okay, hey, if we get it now, we have it. We, it's you know, established. When it comes time, mm -hmm. it's there. So, sure. um, but that's another thing is, is like when you get to retail um, here in the United States, many retail locations require a UPC code. And yep. that is something where you have to register. You have to pay a substantial amount of money. In it's actually cases. cheaper now than it used to be. It used to be a lot yeah. more expensive to, what is it? The GTN? Uh, the What's the yeah. entity you have to register UPC code? Yeah, uh, GS1, I believe, GS1? or something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to sell yeah. brick and mortar product, guys, uh, mm -hmm. there and, and there were some workarounds in the past that people did where they would like buy onto other people's bulk. Like you used to be able to mm -hmm. go, I don't know if you still can, you probably still can go onto oh, eBay, you probably can, yeah. eBay and yeah. buy just a lot of, a you know, a thousand UPC codes, but what would happen inevitably and, and Amazon started cracking down on this and others may have as well, that, that there's a company, when you scan those UPC codes, there's a company that is tied to that registration number and it's actually mm -hmm. decodable where it would say, you know, mm -hmm. Wayne Co. 123 or whatever. And, you know, this was the product and whatever. I mean, it's meant to be a database, right? That's the kind of the whole yep. point purpose. So Amazon, a lot of people were doing this for Amazon. Yep. They would just buy these because Amazon didn't care in the beginning. Um, yep. But 
when I first looked into this six years ago, I want to say it was something like 10 grand to like get registered. And it's since come down to, it's still expensive, but it's more reasonable yeah. to get in at like a 10 UBC yeah. code level instead of having to buy yeah, it's like 500 to a thousand dollars to register. And but it all adds UBC up code and, and it's all frustrating it when you're up. started off. You're like, God, I gotta pay for this now too. I gotta pay for this now too. Yep. Well, yeah, and then and then it's every year you have to pay to re renew it, um, you know, and, and keep that keep that alive, that listing alive, and you know, yeah, that's that's one of those things that we're still going through that process because right. again, we are a product that's going to be sold on Amazon and in brick and mortar stores. It's re it's a requirement, yeah, um, and so you know, this is part of the requirement of building your business. <laughs> well, let's talk about that phrase for a second, that dirty old phrase, uh, that's the cost of doing business, right? Because uh -huh. we as bootstrap startups mm -hmm. love to yep. try to circumvent that more. And we've <laughs> talked about it in the, in the realm of technical debt where it's like, hey, you don't necessarily have to do that, but you may pay a mm -hmm. price later on because you didn't do it the right way in the first place. Um, and that's the rub and a lot of this stuff, right? Where it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, there's a, it, it go back to the email thing. There's a lot of people who are like, look, man, if you can't, it, it's tough love, but there's, there are yeah. a group of people out there that believe like, like if you can't afford to at the very least register a domain and do this, like, I don't consider you a business. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but there is that <laughs> opinion out there by the same standard. They may say, if you don't have a, if you don't have your own building, if you don't have a, you know, it's, it's, it's that judginess, like, right. Like, Oh, you're not, you're not a real business till you have employees or until you have a building or you have a whatever, a hundred employees sure. or whatever it might end up being. But, but, um, you know, the, the, that's the whole mm -hmm. nature of groups in general. There's always going to be the ones at the top that'll be like, small business you know like they don't they don't you know have it but let's let's back up and talk about like okay you know how much money do i really need to start this thing up like you, you don't really need a whole lot you gotta maybe you gotta depends on yep. what you do. If your service you gotta just be able to be able to market yourself and get people to give you mm -hmm. money for what you're doing if you're yep. if you're product based you need money to buy materials cost of goods inventory whatever it can be a lot more expensive as a startup right and yep. there's a lot of things you're going to encounter that you didn't think about like oh i need upc codes i need labeling and packaging and i didn't realize how much this all adds up let me tell you something guys you haven't lived until you've dropped like 10 grand on boxes over the course on of boxes. A, uh, yeah yes. like over the course of uh, you know a quarter yeah. a year whatever however big you are right and you're just like geez like i gotta spend that much on what uh mm -hmm. there's not a day goes by that i don't feel like we have some sort of moment like that as a startup uh bootstrap startup especially um but i would argue that that's an important activity to go through and mm -hmm. a lot of value of being the bootstrap because when you're vc funded and you're spending other people's money it's just like Oh, we got to do that. Okay, great. Spend, 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 and then before you know it, you're like, and, oh, yeah. we're out of money. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it it keeps you a little bit more honest uh, around the yep. around the process, and you you got to think about what do I really need versus what do I want, mm -hmm. and how do we yep. go from there? Mailing address. We talked about you know contact mm -hmm. forms and stuff like that. Um, that's actually something in some capacity. Uh, where like a PO box, you know, you you can have that mm -hmm. for some things, but you need to have yep. a physical address for other stuff. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of people shortcut, unfortunately, like they just end up using a personal address when they're like, what's something that's required to have a physical? Uh, obviously, like uh, shipping based stuff. Often, like mm -hmm. there are things that cannot be shipped to a PO box. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know we've run into this in the past, and I'm not thinking of the specifics now. <laughs> but I remember I had to reveal my personal address when I was first getting started. Uh, that we eventually had to change over. Do you? Yeah, I mean, 
I I remember like, uh, and this is still the case. Um, you know, even with so even with accepted quantities of shipping products, I still have to put my name and my address of where it ships out of. I can't use you know our main office address, which is located somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so in a lot of cases, what ends up happening is is it's my personal house address that's on all of our shipments that are going out. It's frustrating, but it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, that's one of those requirements. Um, now, yes, I could probably get away with not doing that, but then I open myself up to liability. So, mm. you know. Um, in, in California, you're requir- or required as an LLC to have something called a registered agent, which mm-hmm. is a place that uh, any legal um, paperwork yep. can always be able to be sent uh, in in you know, relation to your business. And unfortunately that's a list that is grossly oversold, uh, to marketing people. So like that, that can open up some stuff. Um, and so you could put your own address on there, but there is an expense associated with having a registered agent basically be that intermediary for you so that you don't Mm -hmm. have to absorb one, a bunch of junk mail and two, um, have stuff sent to your personal, uh, address. So it's yeah. like, almost like a specialized PO box for legal paperwork as relates to the business. So that's what yeah. it's supposed to be for. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a public, um, anything that's listed as a public resource uh, mm-hmm. is inevitably abused for the purposes of marketing, um, mm-hmm. which is just such a crummy side <laughs> effect of a lot of these things. Yep. Yeah. Um, any other thing as we wrap up, cause we're, uh, we're over time as always, um, <laughs> uh, as Mike in the chat is saying, please, uh, smash that like button and subscribe. If you're interested in this content, if you, uh, want to be on in the future or want to converse with us, we can always, uh, call in. We have the hotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love getting your, your chat here. Like I said, we record every, uh, Friday at 9am yep. Pacific and uh, we're both pretty active on Twitter as well, so you can always tweet at us. I'm at Repcord, R-E-P-K-O-R-D, and Andrew is at 3D Gloop. Uh, and that's a great way to kind of get a hold of us as well. So, yeah. Um, really, really awesome hanging out with you guys today in the chat. Thank you for joining us. I hope you got some tidbits. Uh, there's there's a lot more probably to this. Like, we could do a a revisit in terms of like, okay, getting started, getting off the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, But hopefully that gives you kind of a sense of some baseline uh, best practice or requirement and uh, gives you some things to think about. If you're thinking about getting started on your own, I will tell you this, it's not as bad as you think. It's very (laughs) frustrating. I know exactly what Lama's going through now, just thinking like, oh, I got limited time. We've got all these things to do. I didn't, I don't want to spend my time working on a website and taking photos and all this stuff. And we still have to make the product and we still have to pack the product and we still have to ship the product. It feels really overwhelming when you're getting started. And that is totally normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, you start to chip away at it and you go, okay, yeah, actually, that wasn't so bad. A lot of times it's just, getting to the next day, building the confidence and and then Mm -hmm. just keep putting one foot in front of the other and and you'll get there. Um, But we appreciate you guys and we look forward to talking to you guys on a future episode, seeing you on a future episode of (laughs) Maker That Money. Until then, I am Pooch of Repcord. I'm Andrew of 3D Gloop. And we will talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good weekend.